The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But how could this be? I'm a virgin. I haven't been with a man. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore, the one who is to be born shall also be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was once called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. It's that time of year again. And in this special episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast, we will be delving into the story of Christ's birth. We will also be exploring the history of Christmas as a holiday and questioning some of the typical Christmas traditions. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Happy holidays to everyone. Originally, they were called holy days, but now, due to tradition, we call them holidays. But honestly, I mean, yeah, welcome back. We're going to have a special episode for you guys today. We didn't do a Thanksgiving-focused episode, but we thought we would focus on Christ's birth again, the importance of it, how tradition has tainted this time and some of the influences behind all that. So we're going to have a little special episode. There's going to be a lot of discussion. It might be short. It might be long. I guess you'll see probably before you even click on this video, you probably see the timestamp. So we'll see how God leads. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, see, but the difference with, with Thanksgiving and today, I mean, Thanksgiving is really like a North American thing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, you know, this put a podcast specifically about the Bible. And so, of course, you know, giving thanks. It's definitely um, rooted throughout the Bible, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a closer theme with, you know, the nativity story and Christmas. Because a lot of people, especially Christians, they're already thinking about Jesus's birth during this time of year. But Thanksgiving is no real biblical story 
that's like very consistent with that. Mm-hmm. We understand the history, like American history version of it, and would we make it today? You know, but when it comes to when it comes to this time of the year, like December twenty fifth, there's a specific story in the Bible, you know, that people think about. So it's it's just much easier for us to uh, just um, have that story for this time, you know. And with that, be, <clears throat> like with that even being said, like again, this time as we call it Christmas is literally the biggest tradition across the world, across countries, across different religions. Some religions have different things around around this time too, like Hanukkah. But during this time, it's a time where the whole world almost conceives that, yeah, we should be celebrating something together. It's like when everyone's in a better mood, everyone's shouting (laughs) peace on earth, goodwill to man. Nobody want to do work. Exactly. I mean, like, 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 let's think about how powerful the tradition is. For good or for bad, for good or for worse. Wars have had ceasefires on Christmas. Hmm. Different sides of wars have partied together on Christmas and two days later went back to killing each other. Hmm. And so it's just it's just interesting. <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about this this tradition. But even before I get before we get into that, like um during this time, like it's the end of the year. Just usually when we celebrate this time of time, it, right now it'll be December twenty fourth. So we got like one more week left in this year. We literally have one more Friday. Next week will be the last Friday of the year. So usually around this time, people are like you know slow down a bit, probably off from work or have one or two days off, thinking, reflecting back, and it's so interesting. So like earlier this week, I was talking to one of my friends. And he said something that really like stuck with me. He said, bro, I literally remember when you were praying to be in the exact position that you are in right now. Mm. And that struck me because we were just talking about like how we want to do like more in life and do like, you know, achieve more things, reach more goals. We were just talking about some of our goals that we didn't accomplish in 2021, what we should have accomplished, we could have done better. And when he said that, the reason why that struck me so hard was because one, he was absolutely right. But two, I never really slowed down to think about it and be appreciative of that thought. Mm. And that's what got me about it. He said, you are literally, I remember when you were praying to be in the position that you are in right now. And so I really want to encourage everybody during this time when we're slowing down and reflecting about our year, planning for the year ahead, slow down and actually be thankful for where you're at in life. You might not be where you want to be. You have, you're about to get a whole 365 more days, God's willing to like, you know, make progress to get there. But there's a point in your life where you probably wanted to be right where you are right now. And you need to be appreciative of that fact. And that's important because a lot of times we're just so focused on going, going, going. We never slow down to appreciate the present. I think that's why God also says in the Bible, like, you know, be still, slow down, actually take in what's going on right now. Because it's so funny, like you would move up, like you would move apartments, right? You'd be like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this apartment. You move into a nice apartment that fixes or a nicer home that fixes everything that you hated about your previous place. You might like it for like a week and then you think about the next place that you want to get. (laughs) Yeah. And so you're like, hold on. Like I wanted this place. Like I, I legitimately wanted and prayed to God that everything would work for me to get this place. But now you're already thinking about the next one. 
and certain and like sometimes you have to be grateful for, for what we do have. It's not saying that you're like being complacent or anything like that. It's just saying, you know what? Dang, I'm thankful that I made it here because this is what I actually prayed for. And by the grace of God, I actually achieved this right here, right now. And just be able to take that in, soak that in, and just be appreciative. Like be still, be reflectful, be thankful, just be joyous. I mean, again, it's definitely important. It's definitely important because I know for me, I'm, I was definitely guilty of that. And that's why it struck me so hard. Like some people will be saying, like, girl, it's definitely not that big of a deal. But for me, it struck me so hard because, yeah, you just definitely need to be appreciative. He said, like, you were, you, I remember when you were, when you were praying to be in the position you are in right now. And I was like, dang, you're so right. Cause dang, I literally prayed for this. And here I am, not even really soaking it into being appreciative of it. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel you on that. And just just to, to you know, kind of add to that. Also, uh, lately, I've, I've been thinking about um, just being thankful in a pessimistic way that you know, no matter what's happening to you, just can... No, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't even like to talk like this, right? But I've been feeling down, bro. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. even going to lie, bro. I've been feeling depressed, bro. Unmotivated. You know, I, I actually put off music um, for most of this year, bro. I haven't created... And, and that's something that, that really helps me to, to just, you know, blow off steam or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now, bro, I don't even have a desire to do that, bro. And it's nothing, it's nothing like that I'm convicted against that or anything like that. But, you know, I've just been feeling down. And, um... Sometimes I got to sit and think that, bro, you alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like that type of thing. It, it, it hard for me to digest. It hard for me to swallow because sometimes it just feels sad, bro. Like sometimes like just my mind just wonder and go all type of places. But I, I sit and think about it and I, and I have to, I have to really just thank God that what I going through ain't like to me, it ain't the end of the world. You know what I mean? That's, that's just how, that's just how I am as a person. Like, if I know if I was to talk to myself, I, after a while, I have to tell you, tell me, bro, all right, <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like the fact that I'm alive, you know, the fact that my needs are met, you know what I'm saying? The fact that I'm happy, I have a happy family, friend, friends, stuff like, like, I have a lot to be thankful for, even in the midst of the storm. You understand? Mm -hmm. You think about Paul, who, what did he say? He said he had a thorn in his side or something, right? And he prayed to God, like, to take it away from him. But God had to continue to remind him that his great grace is sufficient. Mm. You know, his grace is sufficient. Just like, 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 stuff like that. It helped me to understand, bro, like, not everything will go your way. Not everything will go your way, you know? Sometimes the Lord put things in, in, in place to test you. Sometimes it's, it's the result of sin that you are, that you have to be subject to, you know, something not going your way or, or even something bad happened to you, but... At the end of the day, God's grace is sufficient for all of that, you know? Amen. So, you know, I, I just wanted to give another side of thankfulness. Like, you know, they say in all things, be thankful, you know? Thanks, yeah. But, but you, can find, you can find something to be thankful for, you know? But it might not be easy. But at the end of the day, if we're trying to operate under the fruit of the Spirit, you understand, you have to have self-control and you have to be long-suffering. So the fact that you're going through something, you have to be able to digest that and put yourself in a, in, in a predicament to continue to go, even despite the fact that it might happen again 
or something else might happen again. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be forgiven and you have to keep moving and keep pushing. And we got a song in the Bahamas that says, your worst day is somebody's best day. Mm. I can't remember the rest of the words. I just, I, like that part, always stuck, that part always stuck out to me. Your worst day is somebody's best day. So I guess it was like, so, so like be grateful. Like, oh, it could be worse, something like that. But, mm. but just to let people know that like you're complaining about this and that, but someone, again, is probably praying to be in a position that you are in. Mm-hmm. And so it's like perspective is everything. That's why I say sometimes, again, like we, 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 I, want, I know I want more. And sometimes I'd be feeling just like that. I'd be down on myself. I'd be super hard on myself. But then sometimes I just still to take a step back and be like, hey, you might not be at the end of your journey, which is a great thing. That means I still got more life to live and God ain't done with me yet. But look how far God has brought you on this journey. Look how much you've matured. Look how much times you think you thought you were at the end of the road, at mm-hmm. the end of your journey in a pit. God brought you out of that pit, out of that pit, out of that valley. And here you are today. You have many things to be thankful for. And if he has brought you through this and he's brought you through that, he's definitely going to bring you through what you're currently going through. Amen to that. So, yeah, I guess that was a thought for this week. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that little thought. And also last, last year, we did do an episode. I think we titled it For Antos a Child is Born. It was episode 16. Mm. I actually went back and listened to that episode today. Super good. Not to toot our own horn. It was super good for <laughs> where we were young in the podcast. Episode 16, man. Like we just started releasing episodes. Like, you mm. know, that's when we're still testing out this podcast thing for what it's worth. But definitely go back and check out episode 16. Some of those points might be reused here or recycled here. But definitely check out episode 16 if you haven't already. Um, it's a really good episode. Um, we broke down a lot of like the stuff. But yeah, oh, and definitely hit that like button. Subscribe if you have not subscribed yet. And yeah, we appreciate all of, all of our weekly listeners and everyone who tunes in, shares it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Share it if you like it. Share it if you have something that you don't like about it. So you and your next friend can use this as a conversational tool <laughs> to lead to more studies of your own. And that's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Because even, even some, uh, some of the people who listen, um, and that's why I appreciate, you know, shout out Twigman once again. You shout out Twigman. <laughs> um, you know, like we all read the Bible, we all internalize, you know, we pray for the Holy Spirit. But we might not always see this from the same point of view. You understand? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something... So you know that's that's something that could be used to open dialogue as well, you know, because I don't feel like some of the things that people, some of the things is nuance, some of the things is semantics, you know. But sometimes we both could be learning two different lessons, and that's that's mm-hmm. truly the purpose of this book. You can learn so many different lessons, like you can read the same thing. Like last year, we read this, we read Matthew and Luke's account, you yes. know. But this year, we coming with a with a different with a different thought, a different perspective, you know, so. And even one more thing I want to say on that, literally today, one of my friends was telling me they share our podcast with one of their friends who's atheist. And they talk about the podcast together. And the atheist, granted, naturally, that's what atheist does, doesn't really believe in God, but the atheist still appreciate the podcast and saying, yeah, I could see how, I could see how they believe this. I don't fully agree with it. But mm-hmm. again, to me, the purpose is it's sparking a conversation. And it's still maybe or maybe not probably bringing someone closer to God or they're hearing a different perspective and it's probably changing the way they think or they're appreciating a different perspective from what they've been hearing. And mm-hmm. so again, like 
we don't say things to be fully agreed with. I mean, that's not my goal. My goal is to prob- my goal is to talk about the Bible as best as I could based on the truth that I have. And again, we say if anything, you can fact check, fact check us out of the Bible yourself. Like I ain't coming saying, oh, I'm absolutely right. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? But again, yeah. it's supposed to lead to a conversation. It's supposed to be a casual conversation about the Bible from two men who are caught up for Christ, <laughs> Jesus for life. <laughs> That's an inside joke, everybody. But <laughs> Christ for life. <laughs> Oh my, but that's good. That's good. So where you want to start from? I feel like we talked about literally like before we got on mic just now, guys, we were talking for almost like an hour. Uh, We talked about so much. We had a pod before the pod, essentially. And so now it's like, okay, where where do we pick up from? I think we do need to start at the text. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Matthew. I I like Luke. I want to do something even before that, right? So again... Right now we're in Judges. And we already went through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and Judges. And we have a few more books of the Bible going out spare you saying all of these. But literally the Old Testament, again, is leading up to this moment, mm. the birth of Christ. Yep. And even where we're at in Judges right now, mm, well, by the time you guys listen to this, we're already past that point. But at one, of the, at one of the last things we heard, we heard echoed in Judges was, this was the, the people had no king and they were doing what was right in their own eyes. Yep. And so after the judges, as a, brief synop- as a brief synopsis, after the judges, you had the rule of the kings. The kings also couldn't lead the people to God, right? They were, especially when the king, when, when Israel divided into Judah and Israel, things went super, super all the way down until Christ came. And even then they were so bounded by their traditions because between Micah and Matthew, that, that one page represents 400 years. Hmm. Just upset the scene and the importance of what's happening. But then, but then even in the Old Testament, we had people like Isaiah, even Isaiah 9, who even prophesied, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the greatness of his government, and the peace in the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. And so we see, even from the Old Testament, as we go on, no, we haven't even gotten to this yet in the podcast, but they were, they were all looking forward to the coming of this son because he was prophesied from many hundreds of years ago. Even from now, Balaam. Pardon me? Even from Balaam. Exactly. From Balaam and yeah. then even from Genesis, because we, we talked about literally in Genesis, I think that's probably the two, when we did the fall, the second episode of our podcast, but we said like when, from then, the foreshadowing of Christ's birth was foreshadowed and saying, yeah, like I'm going to put enmity between you and, and the snake. see it, yeah. Yeah, so, so we, that's what, yeah, that's what God said to, um, to, to Eve and the snake. Uh-huh. Your child, you, you know what I'm saying, your child... I'm going to put enmity between the woman and the seed and mm-hmm. her child. Something, something along the line. I'm sorry. I, I, we, we, didn't, I'm sorry. We, didn't, we didn't have it pulled up right now, guys. <laughs> I'm about to pull that up though, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get it right. I was pulling it up too, Loki. <laughs> so, um, I, I will put um, Genesis 3 verse 15 and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, even that was foreshadowing to the coming of the Messiah, who definitely is the offspring of Eve, as we all are. You know what I'm saying? That would crush the serpent's head. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to kick it off with Matthew. So again, as a recap, I feel like we're recapping again. But so the account of Jesus' birth is found in two of the Gospels. The first one being Matthew, the first gospel. And then the second time it's the second time the account is given is in Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke one is 80 verses. So that, that Luke was very thorough. Yep. And Mark gave a synopsis. He gave you the important details of what he, what, of what he felt was important for the birth. And that's what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, we'll kick it off in Matthew. So Matthew starts off with the genealogy from, from Jesus the Messiah. He traces the genealogy all the way. I think he just went to he just went back to Abraham. And again, you got to understand Matthew's Matthew, Matthew's gospel was written to the Jews. Mm-hmm. So everything about his gospel was trying to prove trying to prove that Jesus was the Messiah who came to save the Jews. Yep. And, and so for him, it was like, okay, I'm going to trace it back to Abraham through David. You see the first, the first in uh, Matthew 1, verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, because he's, in point, he's pointing back to the Jews, to all of their significant figures. Yep. David was the most beloved king of, king of Israel. And Abraham, father Abraham, had many sons, but mm-hmm. he also was the one who got the original covenant to form the nation of Israel. And, and another thing that's interesting about this too is that he's writing to the Jews and he's writing in a way that the Jews are very used to by this mm-hmm. time. So all through the Old Testament, we see, I ain't gonna say all through the Old Testament, but at the beginning of the, of the Bible, we are bombarded by a lot of genealogies. You understand what I'm saying? It seems like, it seems like with Genesis, we have, we have a good much, definitely in numbers. You understand what I'm saying? You know, Chronicles, but um, they 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 did well in documenting when when a, when a, when a when a span of time had passed. They did well by documenting this person is this person this person, and that's how we get to hell. And that was very consistent in the Old Testament because we see that all the time. And so now in the New Testament, you don't find that as much. But Matthew chose to do that. All right, let me show you all this guy Jesus. You know what I'm saying in the way that we know best. Let me show you his family, like in the Bahamas, right? You find someone and they're interested in you, right? Mm-hmm. Or our parents might find a kid or someone their age or something like that. And when they want to know a little more about them, they'll ask who your people is. You understand what I'm saying? Who is mm-hmm. your family? Because mm-hmm. now I'm trying to tie two things together. Your last name is Roberts. I know other people whose last names are Roberts. I know them very well, you know? And I want to see if you guys share, share any type of genes or anything like that. If you're family and I want to see the similarity between y'all and that'll make more sense. I might not know you at all, but I might know your mommy. I might know your grandmother and I, I might have a special appreciation for you now because I know your Grammy. Your exactly. Grammy used to cook me salsa on Sundays. Your Grammy used to take me to church. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, you were so-and-so grandson. That's how we used to do. That's how we do in the Bahamas. And so I see a, a direct parallel here too. For you to know Jesus, I want y'all to know the, the line that he's coming from. Although he might be an average Joe, because his parents were not, they, they did not have status. 
let me tell you the lineage that he came from because this is relevant and this is prophesied that he will come from this lineage. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting too, again, from the two accounts. So Matthew tra- traces G- Jesus's lineage through Abraham and David, but he traces it down through Joseph. Mm-hmm. Luke traces the lineage down from Adam. That's, that's worth noting. So he went all the way back. <laughs> but he traces it down through Mary. Mm. And so it's just, and part of the reason without two, well, was just to one, establish Jesus' credibility on both sides, like showing how he fulfills it on both sides. But then it's also worthy to note that Joseph had no part in the formation of Jesus. Of Jesus. Because my thing is, truthfully, if we being real, if we being technical and specific, what did model? Who Joseph come from? If you got, if that's not your, if that's not your biological father, like the only, yeah, then but like the only reason why it mattered, can remember since he's going to the Jews, the Jews respected the, 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 male. the, the male better. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I get that, I get that. But my thing is, if you tell me you coming from a line of what they call, bro, that don't mean you marry into that line. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? If 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 I if I um <clears throat> if people expecting me to be in, in a line of a Bohemian. Or whatever, right? And my wife, if I had a stepson, right? I can't honestly say this man is a Bahamian, even though he was born American, born to American parents, but he is married. His mother is married to me. You understand what I'm saying? The Bahamians would be like, how you get Bahamian? Now, I understand culturally, um, they they put more um, respect or they, they paid more attention to the males. And we can see that throughout the Bible, the way the Bible is written. And then that's just how it was during that time. So I, I understand that culturally. But I'm like, like, to in my brain, my brain being on this side of the world in this time in history, that don't make sense to me. Why are we going through your stepfather? You understand? Because like, like, like it's your stepfather. It's not like your biological father, but mm-hmm. it definitely makes sense. And I appreciate that Luke did that for, um, um, he did it through Mary so that you can see they both from the same line, right? And then, to Theophilus, whomever Theophilus really is, he might be most thinking... Most excellent Theophilus. The most excellent Theophilus, right? Theophilus might be thinking the same thing the car's thinking. So uh, why are you telling me? But the stepfather, you understand what I'm saying? How this... Prove to me how this guy come from the line. You know, I know where, where his, his stepfather come from, but what about him, you know? And so, yeah, that, that, that definitely makes sense to me. And so, yeah, so we went through... You see the genealogy. I'm not going to read all of that right now. You can read Genesis, Genesis <laughs> in the beginning. Matthew 1 uh, through Matthew 1, 1 through Matthew 17. And then 17 to say, thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Hmm. So he's saying like, yeah, these were the generations between Abraham and David, the exile, and the exile to the Messiah. And it's just interesting because like 14 generations still is a decent long, it's a long time, bro. That's a lot, especially when you when you take into account that when um, Jacob, them time, they was living to be longer than, than when it came to around Jesus' time. So them generations would have been longer generations, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that. Um, and then we see Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. So we pick up in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. And so we see, again, so some of the details before this, Luke gives an account for, 
But so we see his mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found out to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So again, for more context, there was three stages in the Jewish marriage. There was the engagement, the the betrothal. So when people say you are betrothed to this person, then the actual marriage. So you see, like they were already pledged to be married. So I guess they were ready to betroth the the they were ready betrothed to to be married to, to each other. But because but then she went away and she came back to be pregnant. <laughs> and so in Luke, if you read Luke, you would see that Gabriel was like, "Hey, you're going to be found with child, child from from the Holy Spirit, and who and who his character and who he will be." And then she went away for three months. So it set the stage. You haven't seen your wife-to-be, essentially, in three months. Mm-hmm. And she comes back pregnant. She's prego. I ain't seen you in three months. And you come back pregnant. Boy, if it looked like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> if it quacked like a duck. Oh, man. Man, I'd be mad. And then again, she came back pregnant. And you know she was a virgin. Mm. So it's just really to paint the to paint the picture because you'd be like some people some people's natural tendency would have been like well maybe you did it before she left. Yep. Mary was a well known documented virgin. Yeah, and so, that would hurt. That would hurt, bro. That would hurt. That would hurt me, bro. I'd be in pain <laughs> to be in that predicament before knowing you know what the actual scenario is, but just the appearance of it, bro. That's, that's it. Didn't hurtful. look good. Yeah, it didn't look good. And so we see because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her in public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So we see again, Joseph was like, by law, I could leave you and you were supposed to be like stoned. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put you through this, but I ain't going to be disgraced by this because then I'm going to have to be covering up Essentially taking care of a child that I know ain't my own, just to save face. Yeah. He's like, I'm not into this. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because she, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to his son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Hmm. And we know Jesus is the Greek form of Yeshua, which means the Lord saves. If anyone wants to know why he was given that name. So Jesus mm-hmm. is the Greek form, but the Hebrew form was Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Just for personal satisfaction, because I actually got asked a question recently, why do we say Jesus is not Yeshua? Personal semantics. I mean, I don't want to get into all of that right now, unless you want to. No, I don't. But my thing is... uh. Like, let's say, let's say you're reading the Bible, right? And you starting on level one, whereas you read it, the Bible in English, that's what, that's what I'm based on. So right now I don't actually go and read the Hebrew for anything. You understand what I'm saying? Like, bro, someone have to really put me in a corner mm-hmm. for me to actually go and search up Hebrew, to the, the original Hebrew text. And most of the time it's semantics, like you say, and it's, it's something that someone just being difficult you know, just playing with the definitions or the things that can be lost in translation. Um, but, you know, I, 
if if it would make someone feel more comfortable, I'd say Yeshua. You know, I'd say any I'd say any Hebrew name that's synonymous for the English versions of what we have. If if because I don't wish to be a stumbling block, I don't wish to insult nobody, especially in the name for for, for the name of Yeshua Jesus. Elohim, mm-hmm. God, whoever, like, wh- however you want to call call that person, you know, that being, you know. So, but my reason is because I, this is how I receive it. You, you know what I'm saying. And when I do more research, I'll, you know, pray and meditate and see how I'm convicted on what I should call, what, what how I should call their name. You know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean. Sometimes, sometimes I say Yeshua, sometimes I say Jesus. I know mostly in the part I say Jesus just because that's the name more people are familiar with. And so that, that was just my reasoning. Um, but yeah, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. And that's again found in Isaiah. However you, say, however you want to say that. <laughs> Isaiah 7. Uh, 14. Verse 14. I was actually trying to pull it up real quick. Just do, 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 do. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Just interesting. And, like, and that text just nestled in between some other texts that just like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's how it just be a lot of the time. So that's why you, that's why you can't like you can't ignore any line in the Bible. But like you have to pay attention to every line, you know. You Especially when you get to the prophets. To, yep. I just want to know how, but I really, I really would like to know how Joseph reacted to seeing his pregnant wife. I really would love to know because I, I know he was upset. You understand? But I want to know how that. I really want to know how the conversation gone, bro. You know what I mean? It, but like the funny thing is the Bible just records it with like he had so much poise and dignity with it. Like I'm sure he was mad. But at the same time, he was just like, you know what? Because if Joseph was a messed up individual, he could have made a big scene about it right then and there and then try to divorce her publicly. Right. No, I get that. You know, I, I get that he's a noble man. He's an honorable guy. And, <laughs> and that's, that's no, but that's love though. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's true love. Self-sacrificing love because at the end of the day, we have to love our wives as Christ loved the church. You know, giving ourselves up for her the same way Christ did, did, for, did for us. We sin every day. Christ loves us, bro. Christ don't withhold blessings from us. You understand? I mean, I can't say that definitely, but you know, he's righteous and he, he gives us grace. He gives us mercy. How he see fit. But I, I sin every day, like I think. And the Lord continues to bless me. I still don't have to want for anything, right? But I I get that. I get that he ain't, I get that he didn't do evil towards her. You know, like he didn't want to have a kill. Because at the end of the day, bro, if you love someone, this is love. This is, love is patient, love is kind, love is not boasting. This is a characteristic of love. I get that. But my thing is, that is a, that's such a, that's such a frustrating situation to be in. See, I married yeah. now. Last year, when we was talking about this, it didn't mean that much to me, bro. Like, I could have laughed with this. But now, this, this hit me a little different now because I just like, bro, like, you think you know somebody. You feel me? 
<laughs> you think you know someone? You say you see her go off to go go by her cousin, mm-hmm. <laughs> or oh, the old cousin trick, huh? You know uh, what I mean? Being by you your cousin, back, huh? Yeah, you come back from your cousin pregnant, boy. <laughs> that would have tripped me out. Why, like, it's like even out of love, out of out of out of being like, come on now, come on now, Mary, come on, please. Mary. Did you know, Mary? Mary, come on, like, like, please, man, Mary, don't it insult can, me. It cannot be. It can't be. I can imagine him too because now it's like everyone know Mary has been gone for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Now you come back and your belly big. See, but that's the thing, bro. It would have tripped me out because I know Mary ain't like that. Mary, <laughs> Mary, Mary engaged to me. Mary ain't never come on to me in no type of way where, where she won't be fast or nothing like that. And now you do this. Mary has never even been active sexually, but now you're pregnant. Mary, mm-hmm. like that that's what I'm trying to say. That would have that would have actually derailed my mind. Because everything, <laughs> everything in life would have been a lie to me. Because like, <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who is uh, this woman that I want to marry? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like I, I respect him because he like, bro, I want to kill her. You know what I mean, I want to embarrass her. I can let her do her thing, live without guilt herself. You understand mm-hmm. what I say? She see if, if Mary really wasn't being truthful, she would have she would have lost a good mind. That's <laughs> how they say because the guy Joseph, he's he's a stand up guy, you know, <laughs> and I glad the Bible, the, I glad the Bible showed that he was he was good. But I just want to know like how how he cope with that. Like that's that's what tripping me out. Like how he cope with that. Like did he ever lose his cool? Say something he didn't want to say. Anyway, <laughs> say something me and me. I don't know. It's like who who knows. That's the one thing. Who knows? But at the same time. He just hasn't been written. I mean, because like, honestly, after the story of his, of Jesus's birth, that's you don't really hear about Joseph no more. That's you hear about it, like, when, they, when they go to like, after Jesus's childhood, I should say, you don't really hear about him no more. Yeah. See, jo- see Joseph really might have passed away during Jesus's childhood. Because, I mean, you don't hear about Jesus' mother that much in his adult life, but you do hear about him. She mm-hmm. was around at the, at the wedding when he, when he first did his first miracle. Mm-hmm. Joseph was not. Understand when Jesus died, Joseph was very not around because he gave his mother to live with John. Mm. You know, so yeah. And so we I, see. I'm not saying that he wasn't alive, but he wasn't around. I'm assuming he's not alive. He's probably dead. More than likely, he's dead. Like I'm 99 sure he's probably dead. But I don't <laughs> want to say it definitively though. <laughs> like the Clorox kills 99.9 percent of germs. germs right? <laughs> Oh my, I almost went out of time, but I, but I, I avoided it just now. <laughs> so when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we see, and then the last story about this, and this is actually going to tie into the next point. Um, so we see in verse two, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, some people call them wise men, uh, came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who had been born, who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and came and have come to worship him. So again, it should, it's like indicated that Jesus, we see Jesus was already born at this time. And we know during the time of his birth, Angels appear to shepherds in the field, as you would read in Luke. And the whole heavenly host appeared the night Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. 
So this could have been the spectacle that the wise men who were studying the skies, these astrologers, studying the skies like, oh, that's a new star. And the star is over Bethlehem. Let's go and figure out what's going on. So it brought them there. And so when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. He called together all his people's chief priests and teachers of the law. And he asked them, where was the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will, be, will come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. And that one came from Micah, actually. So, so Go for it. hold on. So <clears throat> we have the Magi, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the one who has been born king of the Jews, they see a star, bro. They see a star. They go on through. They go on through um through their scriptures. They read where Balaam say a star is gonna come. <laughs> I I mean real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they read all of this, right? Numbers um numbers 24, 14. Anyway, so they read all of the scripture together and they deduce that this star is the Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. So they gone into the town and they start asking questions. Hey, well, well y'all see anything? Y'all see anything? They probably go on to the Pharisees. They probably go on to the religious leaders. And the thing that points out, that sticks out to me is verse three. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Israel and, and all Jerusalem with him. So all of Jerusalem was disturbed. They were not happy. They were not elated. They were not curious. They were disturbed. Now, the lowly shepherds, based on Luke's account, had already, the angel came and spoke to the shepherds and then went to the sky. So the star with, with the Magi saw was definitely the angels in the sky. They saw this thing and they were inspired and they understood because these guys read the scriptures they were unbiased. They submit themselves to God. Now, the difference is Jerusalem, the place where we have Pharisees, where we have other religious leaders. Imagine you have lowly shepherds coming to you all saying, an angel come and say, Jesus born. Mm -hmm. The angel ain't come to the Pharisees. You think the Pharisees believe in them? We know, we know how the Pharisees are. They look at Jesus and they, they try their best to disprove Jesus. This guy ain't the guy. He's not the guy. You understand what I'm saying? So they can't be happy with this because we have the Magi who are not religious leaders. They are just wise men. They may mm -hmm. be Gentiles, right? They, they were. They, they Gentile. All right, so watch this. We have shepherds. We have Gentiles. Come to y'all, telling y'all, but y'all Messiah. Now the shepherds, they Jews, but they are the bottom of the barrel Jews. The Gentiles, what y'all should know about this? You understand? So Jerusalem, they didn't accept this. They just was like, no, like it disturbed them to see these type of people coming to them, talking to them. But the thing that they've been studying for centuries upon centuries upon centuries, Jerusalem, they already felt like when this time come, everyone can know. You ain't going to be able to deny, to deny this. King Herod was disturbed for a different reason. <coughs> Excuse me. King Herod, King Herod was an Edomite. You understand what I'm saying? King Herod was not a Jew. But he was the king over the Jews as um, given to him by Pilate and the Roman Empire. So now his throne Augustus. is in jeopardy. Right. 
his throne is in jeopardy because you have somebody who is a pure-born Jew that has a that people have been waiting for to be the king of the Jews. So now, now you you are Edomite. You are king, but nobody loves you in Jerusalem. They don't love you as the king because you are not one of them. And then you are the people who have them in bondage and they, they've been in bondage. We see now, when we're in the book of Judges, now we, we have a long time before we get to the New Testament. But mm -hmm. we see, like imagine, imagine one of the Philistines being their king and stuff. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody could be happy about that sincerely. No. Know? And that's why King Herod was upset. You know, but it's so funny to me because the, um, the Magi come to the city and they was expecting, probably they was expecting more information. They was expecting people to say, oh yeah, yeah, all us, we just come from Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. We all need to go there this way it could be. But ain't nobody was, they, they leave without, without that. They leave, they leave without closure. They actually, they actually just get interrogated more. They, <laughs> they probably was coming expecting answers, but they end up getting interrogated. You know, that's, that was, that was what it interest, was interesting to me. That's not reading that. And then also so a couple of things just to point out. There's this famous song that is sung around this time. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We travel so far. The Bible ain't never say how much Magi there were. Mm -hmm. There's probably way more than three because historically these astrologers was a company of them. So it literally might have been a group of over 50 people who came and tried to find this, to find this king. And yeah, they probably, they, they were probably Greek astrologers. So they came from the East. And if you look at where this part of us, they, they probably came from Greece. So yeah, it's just, it's just some things to point out. As I'm like, why? Like people just say the three kings just because of the three gifts that were presented, but that has yeah. no biblical, that's not a biblical fact at all. Right, right. And it was three, like, it was like three types of gifts. Mm -hmm. It's not like they didn't say they gave one gold nugget a one jar of frankincense, a one whatever of myrrh. They say they came with those three types of gifts. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so they gave, they came well prepared. So we see in verse seven, Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And going back to Kazi's point, it's so interesting that the people missed it. You have Greek astrologers who spotted this star in, more, in all reality probably a couple months ago, followed where this star appeared to this place mm. in search of the king that they knew it symbolized. Yep. You people who live in this city, who probably could have looked outside that night, missed it. Yeah. Missed it completely. Whereas you have to go to him, they you have to call these magi back and was like, hey, yeah, so when did this star appear so we could kind of know which age we should be targeting? Because then we'll be going to see. And he sent them, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find a report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Hmm. After they heard, after the after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star had been seen when it rose and when it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So again, we see this, this star is still guiding them, guys. <laughs> so it's like the first GPS system of sorts. Well, well, they did have a pillar of cloud. Uh, yeah, the second yeah, one. Yeah. Second one. My apologies. My apologies. <laughs> I, think, I think that same thing happened in our last time when we had this. It might you remember? I think, that's, I think the same thing happened last time we... <laughs> We did um, the nativity story. <laughs> oh, so when, so when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. 
on, on coming to the house, they saw the child was with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we see they didn't even go back the way they came the first time because they were like, well, he's probably going to be expecting us to come back this way. We have to switch up our route altogether to make it out of Israel. And then we can go back to where we came from. Hmm. So yeah, that's essentially Matthew's account of the birth of Christ. And it's something I want to get into. And I know we're already probably like, yeah, 50 minutes into this podcast. So I guess this part will be super quick, but it's just, it's just a thought provoking like, question, I guess. So I'll, I kind of keep it quick. Like we said earlier that Christmas is the biggest tradition in all the world. We see where it brings humankind together. But again, just like the we three kings of Orient are, how much things are passed down about this holiday that are not biblically sound. Hmm. Because I know we said this in the last podcast, I don't think we mentioned this one yet, but the day itself has no, is, there's nothing Christian about December 25th. The mere fact that shepherds were in the field, as you read in Luke, means that in, in December, it'd be way too cold for shepherds even to be in the field. So if shepherds were in the field the night of Jesus' birth, when the angels heavenly host appeared to him, Jesus was probably born most likely in a spring month, just to be honest. And then if you do a quick Google search, you don't have to do, you don't have to do nothing so deep. You don't have to go in the historical archives of the Vatican, anything. Like you do a quick Google search. You could find the origins of this day. First of all, the word Christmas itself was slapped onto December 25th. December 25th was a pagan holiday back in ancient Rome, even before ancient Rome, in ancient Egypt for a festival called Saturnalia that was celebrating the winter solstice when they were celebrating the sun getting its strength back after being dead all winter. Hmm. And so when, when the church, when Rome wanted to merge the church, they adopted this day to appease the people who were already worshiping their sun god on December 25th rebranded it christmas comes from christ mass and we stopped on december 25th some of the traditions that we do on this day christmas trees mistletoes mistletoes none of those things have their roots in christianity a lot of those things have their roots in paganism and to me the thought is just How much, like, the real question is, should we even really be celebrating, like, Christ's birth? Yes, we should celebrate it. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But my thing is, how much, how much stock do we place on tradition? Because tradition is where the truth comes to die. And as we see in Judges right now, the Israelite, because we're in the book of Judges, we might be done by the time this episode comes out, I know, but we just, finished, we just wrapped up the book of Judges. Right now, we see what happens when the children, when the older generation doesn't pass on the truth to the younger generation. And what gets dangerous in our time is we pass on tradition unquestioned, unchecked, generation after generation after generation after generation. 
Because what's funny is there was a time when the church didn't participate in all the Christmas traditions that we do today. Mm. It's commonplace to see a Christmas tree in a church, commonplace to see a mistletoe in a church. Back in the day, these things were pagan and the church didn't have nothing, nothing, no association with it at all. But now, because tradition has been passed on unchecked, it's so commonplace. And to me, it's just like a wake-up call. I mean, you have people of a nativity scene on one side of the yard, and you have Santa Claus and reindeers and elves on the next side of your yard. The two are so conflated. Like it, it, it's, it, like Christmas has become such a blurred holiday where you have a bunch of pagan traditions that are mixed in with the day we're using it to celebrate, which is Christ. But it should be the opposite way around. Mm-hmm. Christmas is such a blurred thing because you have Christ interjecting on what should be a pagan holiday. You understand? And, and that's that's where that's the thing about it. I used to be offended when I see people say Xmas because I'm like, bro, why are you trying to take Christ out of Christmas, right? Until I realized this wasn't his day to begin with. You understand? So let me ask you this, bro. Am I bad? I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut cut you off. Oh no, go for it, go for it, go for yeah. it, go for it, go for it. So, so when when God read the Ten Commandments to the Israelites and the Israelites said, "Yes, we will obey," right? And God specifically. States his name. I am the Father. I am the, the um, the, you know, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God who brought you out of Egypt. When God said that, and then a month later, the Israelites say, "Hey, let's worship this God." No, Aaron said, "I'm going to make you a golden calf," and this is the God who brought you out of Egypt, right? <laughs> and God, does God did God have a right to be upset with them for worshiping a golden calf and saying? This is a representation of God. Yes, he did. Every right. In the, in the same way, you can't take your pagan worship and then throw God on top of it. You understand what I'm saying? First of all, we don't have any evidence of Jesus celebrating his own birthday. So my thing is, if you choose to say, I don't want to celebrate Christmas altogether, you're well within your right. We don't have no evidence that Jesus celebrating, but we don't really have much evidence of Israelites celebrating their birthday when it comes to the Bible. We know Job, Job children, they used to celebrate their birthday every year. I mean, so it's, it's a couple of times they mentioned birthdays in the Bible, but it wasn't a big thing. You know, another thing I'm thinking is, <clears throat> you said something and it hit me. Today is December 24th when this podcast will air. It's Christmas Eve. It's a Friday night and tomorrow is Saturday, Christmas Day. As a child, I used to loathe Christmas being on a Friday night. I remember as a young boy, one day Christmas land on a Saturday, I was so mad. And I sit and look at the calendar and I calculate what days Christmas could be on moving forward. And when the next time I go off to deal with Christmas being on a Saturday, you know why? Because Saturday is the Sabbath and I cannot do nothing on Christmas day. Mm. Now how backwards that is, bro. If this day was really for God, Shouldn't I be most excited for Christmas to land on the Sabbath? Because <clears> now I suppose if, if, it's, if, it, if it's my God birthday, right? I supposed to already be spending the day with him because on my mommy birthday, I try to make her feel special on her birthday. On my wife's birthday, I glued the hole on her birthday. <laughs> she can't sneeze without me getting it. Here hey, you go, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I do on people's birthday. And when mm-hmm. I know it's someone who I love birthday, I treat them special. You know, I just be, I just be, I just be connected to them. I just be all up under them on their birthday. 
and I saw a lot of people celebrate birthdays. If it's anybody's birthday, you care. It might be even be a celebrity birthday. I watch people, you don't even know these people. You posting them on your status on their birthday because you want to make them feel happy. You want to make them feel special. Is that what we do on this day, Christmas? Mm. And I feel like this is a question we have to sincerely ask ourselves. What do we do on Christmas Day? If we celebrate it as Jesus's birthday, how do we celebrate Jesus's birthday and how is it relevant to Jesus? Because one thing I know for sure, when I was a kid, I wanted to spend time going out to see the lights. I want to listen to music. I want to go to a party or, or some type of get together. I want to go to some type of function. I want to watch a movie. I want to sit with my family and watch a movie, right? It's probably going to be about something that's not Jesus. It's going to be somebody who who got stuck in a, in a, I don't know, stuck in an airport on Christmas day and everything going bad for him. And then somehow it turned around and, you know, he made it home. Right. He made it home. And then it's this, it's this guy who resembles Santa Claus who give him the, the salute. Like, yeah, I help you out. You know what I mean? It's something, it's something like that. That's, that's how movies are on Christmas day. And, we, we do that. Everybody does. Uh, mm-hmm. For the most part, a lot, a lot of people do that. That's how we spend our Christmas. We spend our Christmas with family. We watch TV. We listen to music. You understand what I'm saying? On the Sabbath, I cannot do those things on the Sabbath. You know, I grew up in a house where we kept the Sabbath holy. So on, on if December 25th is a Saturday, ain't no, ain't no Santa Claus, nothing. Ain't no jingle bells, nothing. You understand? By literally everything, it's by his business as usual. It's business unusual. What are we doing on, on that Sabbath? And I, that used to disappoint me, especially as a kid. That's not what Christmas meant to me. And why is that? Why is that? Because my thing is, even as a Christian, the, the Christmas that we experience, it starts off with Jesus. Yes. Happy that you, you came and you, happy that you were born. Happy, happy that you are actually born, Jesus. But for the rest of the day, it's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas friends and family and everybody else but Jesus. And now I'm, now I'm not, not not to be confused with me saying you, you shouldn't buy people gifts. You shouldn't spend time with your family and friends. That's all fine and done. You could do that on any day of the year. I'm not mad at you for that. But I'm saying what significance are we giving to Jesus on this day that we so-called claim his birthday. his birthday? What significance are we giving to him on this day? And why must, And why are we doing this on this day? That's, that's my thing. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like more people are worshiping the tradition than worshiping the reason why the tradition was established. And in this case, it's so weird because the tradition was established before the reason that we associate this tradition with was given to it. Hmm. And, and it's just true because they were using this as their festival before it had anything to do with Christ, hmm. anything at all. Absolutely nothing about this was religious, but they washed it and repurposed it. But at the same time, again, it's like just because something got repurposed doesn't mean it loses its original meaning. Because a lot of people can say that, yeah, I put this Christmas tree in my house, nothing is pagan about it. But what it symbolizes doesn't change. And everyone has to have their own convictions. I ain't telling you what to do. I ain't telling you what not to do. That's a, that's a personal choice. That's for you, your household, you all decide that. But to me, it's just, it's just a conversation had to, has to be had because we can't become slaves to, to tradition and not understand the historical, the historic, the, um, we can't become slaves to tradition and not understand the history behind the tradition that we are holding so dear and near to our hearts. 
Christ's birth is very significant in human, na- in, in human history. He came so that we might have life and that way we may have it more abundantly, that we could have a chance to make it to heaven, that we can have a chance to spend eternity with him. Is him coming to earth is very, very important. It deserves to be celebrated. Him dying deserves to be, I don't say celebrated, but deserves to be held in high regard and reverenced and sacred. But we can't lose the meaning behind these things. And especially we can't let it be tainted so much by outside influences that were never meant that nothing good was, that nothing good came from. So it's just a it's just a it's just a, a thought provoking section of it. Like it isn't condemned condemn, con, condemning anybody or anything like that. It's just saying that the conversation has to be had and these are things you need to think about. Because a lot of traditions associated with this day are not Christian. They're not even religious. I mean, they are kind of religious if you think about it, but they're not, they're not Christian. They're not Christian at all. Hmm. So just a conversation have to be had, man. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're supposed to be off the world, not in the world. I hope I said that correctly, but mm-hmm. some, some things like this is, is necessary because it challenged the way we think and helps us to understand some of the biases or the things that we hold on to. If you were born in, in, in the Israelite nation during the time of Judges, you would wake up, you would just be alive, and idols would be a common thing to you. Putting idols up would be a common thing to you. And truthfully, you can repurpose that idol. I don't see nothing, I don't see, I don't see how that's different. If you say, if you say I put in this bunny in the front of my yard because I want to invite fertility in my home. No, this just symbolizes fertility. I don't worship this thing. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? But it's an idol. It's still an idol. So you can repurpose this <laughs> however you want to do, but it's still an idol. You can put an Asherah pole in front of your, 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 um, your yard. God say, you don't want to see them. God say, destroy them things. But you could say, no, I use this pole to hang a flag on, to hang my clothes on. You know what I'm saying? I use this pole and I put I put a net over it and we play volleyball using these poles and things like that. You can repurpose it how, however much you want. But at the end of the day, that don't change the fuck. And that don't change how God feel about it. You know? We'll read how- one more thing, right? Hold on, just keep your thought, right? But this is from, this is from Romans 10 too. Where I can testify about them that they were zealous for God, but their zeal was not based on knowledge. Since mm. they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And going like not to cut off your point again, so just keep pulling to your point. But again, it's just showing that like what we what, what we could be doing, we could be on fire for God, but still be wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he's saying right there. You say yeah. I can testify they were zealous for God. Like their intentions were pure. Your intentions could be pure, but how you hold your traditions right now, but that don't mean you're right. Because at the end of the day, are you even searching to find the truth? And that's, and, that, and that's the that's the powerful thing, and that's one of the flaws about tradition, because a lot of people just pass it off as tradition and they don't really search or question it. Think about it. Everyone has their family traditions and stuff. Some of the things might be outdated, but you don't question it because you're like, oh, this is tradition. Why you do this? Tradition. And a lot of people don't argue with tradition because why? It's tradition. Why are you mm-hmm. trying to go against tradition? Why are you trying to go against tradition? But again, your tradition could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So sorry. No, that's, no, that's true. But I actually was going to tell you to, to read that. Oh, okay. Look at that. Yeah, Holy Spirit working. Yeah. Real talk. And so 
that's my thing. And 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 I brought I brought this up a couple of weeks back. Like, if God, if you decide one day, I worship the Most High God. However, I need to see it, man. I just gotta make a calf, or I gotta literally make a picture of what I think Jesus is, and I pray into that. And to me, that's the Most High God, mm-hmm. right? You make this thing, you you craft this idol, and you make it into what you want, and you say this is dedicated unto God. That is still not right, and that's still what God isn't accepting, and that's 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 identical to the um the Israelites with the golden calf. That's the same situation as the golden calf. You can change the meaning of these things all you want, but that don't means God see it in a different way. How do you think God? My thing is. My thing is, if I had if I had a traumatic experience um, related to something, and let's uh, let's say, okay, this this about to be very harsh, right? The Nazi symbol, the Nazi okay. symbol. Every time you see a Nazi symbol, you know what that represents. But let's say today I change that to be a, a symbol of peace, <laughs> and I wear that, and I and people might might be be upset with me, but I'd say no, 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 yo, chill. This means peace now. You understand what I'm saying? Does that change the fact of what that symbol stands for? Nope. To, 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 the, to the complete opposite. When we see a rainbow in today's society, Mercy. People, people think about something specific. People think about something specific. Mm-hmm. But to God, does that change the fact of why he literally created the rainbow? Because mm. we have to think, who has authority to change these things? Who has authority? Who has authority to change what, what day is the seventh day? Who has the authority to say um, what the rainbow means? Who has authority to say something that's pagan can now be given unto God? Who has the rights to say that? What man could possesses the power to say, I'm signing off on this. This is, this is good to go. We can now do this. No man does. It's only God. And so to that point, which was making from Romans, it is very important as Christians for us not to lean on our own understandings. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. And at the mm-hmm. same time, he gave us a book. He gave us a book that was inspired by him for us to learn, for us to meditate on, for us to understand him. That way we could have traditions that are rooted in righteousness. You understand? There's things in the Bible that God wants us to do religiously that we can do because he told us to. Now the problem lies when we decide this is what we want to do. And it is in opposition of God, but we don't read to see if it's in opposition of God or we blatantly disregard it and we pass it on to our kids and their kids and their kids. And then it can come a time when some people are doing this ignorantly. And so that's the situation where we in a lot of times when we, when we just blindly follow traditions. This wasn't a, let's beat up on December 25th day. This was a, the more you know day. This was a, we making decisions based on intelligence and based on research we're not this is a we're not just gonna follow follow the masses you know we're not just gonna do things because other people are doing it we're gonna I mean, we're gonna make informed decisions and even when you think about it when jesus came he challenged the status quo because like i said earlier in the podcast that page between mike and matthew represented 400 years that was 400 years of traditions that built up that was 400 years of things that were being done that were no longer inside of what god had planned and that's why Jesus was a pain in their side because he was doing things that was righteous, but to the law, it wasn't really right. He was challenging the status quo. And 
he was making people step outside their comfort zones. Like, especially when you, like, think about it, when he told, like, the rich man, like, what I, what I have to do to become, like, enter the kingdom of God. Essentially, like, give up all your wealth. Whoa, what you mean? Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, again, and that's one of the things with tradition, it, it's, it's comfort. It's comforting. And so, but sometimes you just got to analyze what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because no one should be doing something that they don't know why they are doing it. Right. And then it's like the reason behind it. Because why should I bring a tree in my house just for one day of the year and decorate it? Where did this start from? What was the symbology behind it? Because I mean, even if you, just from a pure biblical standpoint, none of the two, none of the two accounts had anything to do with a tree. And then you see as time went on, they, they, people try to like remake it. Oh yeah, we're going to put a star on top of the tree. It's going to be like the star of David or the star that's shown in the, for, the, for the angels. No. <laughs> like, it's, I'm sorry. It's just, it's like you're trying to polish a turd. Yeah. And again, I also like I've beaten up on it, but I'm just saying like, again, it's just like questioning the origin of tradition and questioning the origin of what, like, what, why you're doing what you're doing. And but you think can justify what, if- what you're doing. Go for it. But and that's my thing. Think about it from this perspective, right? Let's say, let's say hypothetically, completely hypothetically, right? Let's say hypothetically, this the Christmas tree specifically, which has origins in paganism, it was actually dedicated to the sun god at one point in time. You know what I'm saying? Let's say hypothetically that God detests that the way he detests idols, right? How do how do you think God feels? When you have this in your house every year and you're saying this for you, you understand? Hypothetically, if he detests that, if he hypothetically detests the tree, how does, how would he feel seeing you have the tree every year? And my thing is, that's why I use the Nazi symbol. And that's a very harsh example because like, like, like that's the, people understand the pain behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, let's say, let's say you put that, let's say you put that in a, in a Jew house or or somebody who was directly affected every year to say, bro, this how I remembering you, bro. This how I celebrating you. It's like literally Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving holiday, the, um, Native Americans were slaughtered and they celebrate that every year to say, yeah, just to remember them. You understand what I'm saying? That's why a lot of people nowadays, when they really understand history, they have a big problem with that day. You understand what I'm saying? Because of, because of what it, because of how, the origin of it, you know, mm-hmm. because of the origin of it. And so I'm saying in a hypothetical world where that is just not right, I could see that being problematic and I could see that, I could see God not being pleased about that. And so now, you know, it's up to you to understand why whatever we're doing, like, and it don't even have to be Christmas related, just every tradition that we do, you know, why we close our eyes when we pray, everything, like literally everything, bro. Why are we doing it? You understand what I'm saying? Why are we doing what's the relevance? What's the significance? Was this instructed by God? Was it permitted by God? Anything, you know? You know, I feel like that's, 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 the, that's the mindset we, we need to have. Indeed. And I guess, I guess in closing, again, I know we probably said a lot in the last like 20 minutes. If you agree with us, comment it down below. If you disagree with us, have different thoughts and think we went too hard, on uh, December 25th and just traditions in general also comment down below we'd definitely love to hear your thoughts and for everyone out there be safe this holiday season and again be thankful for God's blessings enjoy the time with your family and hopefully we just gave you something to think about these holidays be blessed
As we spend time with our family, friends, and other loved ones, it is also important to spend some time with our Creator. And join us next week as we finish talk about the Benjamites and conclude the Book of Judges on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson Gay, as well as your host, Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week.